Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Kyle Brandt's Bloody Basement, live from London. I am uh, doing the obnoxious British accent. That's just that's what you do here when you come here as an American. I'm not in the basement. I'm in my hotel room. As usual for the entire week, so much going on today. Josh Allen will be joining the show just a little bit, sit tight, all kinds of things to ask him. Obviously, after coming off the Bills-Miami game and with the coming Ravens game, we will talk about the last play of the game. We will talk about Ken Dorsey. We will talk about Christian Wilkins. Josh comes to talk. He does each and every week. Uh, So we're looking forward to that, of course. And we'll see if you watch National Lampoon's Vacation that Peyton Manning assigned him to watch. And then uh, he did actually watch Vacation. No, my mistake. That was two weeks ago. He gave it an A-. minus. What he didn't watch, we don't know, is the Shawshank Redemption. That's right. We hit him with the full Andy Dufresne, which he had never seen before. And this week we got something else for him as part of the Josh Allen Film Festival. Plus, um, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, maybe the greatest. What is it? Where do you come out? There's a list. And when people put out lists, they just put them out to piss people off and have them fight. That's what we'll do. But in the meantime, we do what we always do. And here across the pond, here in a different continent, we talk about what I love, what I hate, and exactly what is hilarious. Feels good to say this one. I'm going to say it nice and loud. I love these two-in-one Cowboys. I love the Dallas Cowboys. And if you follow me here or Good Morning Football whatever, you know I've had a lot of disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. And actually, it's kind of a a misspeak. I don't have disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. I have disdain for the coverage of the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't like the way that sports media just uses them as this lightning rod and puts it in the front of every segment and every hour and every show and just put that logo up there and talk Cowboys and people care. It's disingenuous. It's nonsense. It's usually a bunch of BS hype coming from either their owner or the show's producer. People really care about the Cowboys. Yeah, but what have they accomplished? I like talking about the Cowboys when they have merit and worth, and at 2-1, and one, they do. I think it's awesome what this Cowboys team is doing. And how about this? Never mind sexy Cowboys. Never mind flashy Cowboys. How about gritty Cowboys? And gritty, I don't mean the dance that all my 8-year-olds do on the flag football team I coach. I mean actual grit, intensity, determination. This team has it under the Cooper Rush watch. They did a lot of things in that Giants game last night that other so-called more talented, flashier Cowboys teams wouldn't have done, especially on offense. Look at this Cowboys team. It's almost kind of likable. Cooper Rush doesn't say squat, doesn't do squat, doesn't celebrate, doesn't have a celebration. They run the ball with Tony Pollard, who I say the same things about. I've been campaigning for two years, banging on the table to have him be the primary back. He is. Zeke is the change of pace guy, which is a nice role for him. C.D. Lamb, sure, he seems like a super talented, classic Dallas Cowboys player. C.D. Lamb made a catch on fourth and four last night, right at the sticks that was like a Heinz Ward catch or a tight end catch. It was strong. It was intense, and he did it. He had a bad drop, but whatever. Young player made up for it late at the game. And then the defense, you know, the Dallas Cowboys lead the NFL in sacks. They hit. It's awesome. It's not just Micah Parsons. They hit. They destroyed Daniel Jones. That's the reason they won that game. You don't hear Mike McCarthy talking much right now. You don't see his big face on TV getting all red and flustered when they mismanage the clock. We'll see where this goes. And the Eagles are probably the best team in the league right now. At least they have the best record tied with the Dolphins. But I like this Dallas Cowboys team. It's like they tried to they, – they got a new bag. It's like they got a makeover or something. And maybe it is because it's Cooper Rush. But, they're, I mean, they're, they're sitting here to tell you about it. Cooper Rush – we got thoughts on Cooper Rush too. 
um, just joined uh, Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett as the only Cowboys quarterbacks in franchise history to win their first three career starts. And Jason Garrett was just a passenger on the mid-90s Cowboy machine, and Staubach was like Captain America. That's what Cooper Rush has just done. And then how about Micah? How about the superstar? Micah Parsons says after the game, and I have this written down. I got to read it perfectly. Um, this is a quote. Young, incredible, reigning rookie, defensive rookie of the year. Quote, Micah Parsons, I'm here to play. I'm here to be great. I could have a stomach virus. I could be pooping my pants, and I still want to play. I don't want to be held back. I live to play the game. Me at 60 is better than most people at 100. I just want to play. I love you, Micah. I love you. And I actually really like your Cowboys team. I do. You know what's a fascinating place to go with the Cowboys team? They're currently at 2-1. and one. And out of nowhere, it seems, oh, Dak's hand is getting better. He's getting ready soon. He'll be back. Let's just play this out with me. They get to 3-1. and one. They get to 4-1. and one. They're cruising. They have chemistry. Cooper Rush is nothing spectacular, but he throws for 195 yards and two touchdowns with no picks. They get to 5-1, and one, and Dak's like, clean bill of health. I'm ready. Is there anything weird there at all? I'm obviously Dak is the future and the paid and he's the better, more talented quarterback. But here's what I would encourage you to pay attention to when all your Dallas Cowboys news comes out, whether it's Jane Slater or Edward or whoever it does, the, the phrasing that they're using. A lot of, you know, we want to make sure to do what's best, not only for our organization, but what's best for Dak. We're going to be very cautious with this. We're going to think in the long term. Those are BS terms that people use sometimes when they're like, eh, take your time getting back here. We're going to ride this Cooper Rush thing out. It's a really interesting thing that's going to go on because they don't play a spectacular brand of football, but they're two and one. Maybe it all come crashing down. I don't know. I don't care. But we talked about that this morning and it's the same deal. Jacoby Brissett keeps winning. They, they get to whenever Deshaun Watson's back and who knows, they're nine and four or something. I don't know how the math works out. Do you just ride him? Obviously a totally different conversation. But I've spent the last 20 years having TV producers explain to me, always talk Cowboys, talk Cowboys. People love Cowboys. Do you love Cowboys? Are you loving me talking about Cowboys right now? Or are you just like, shut up about the stupid Cowboys? I respect it. But I'm talking about them because they're actually winning, not because it's supposed to spike ratings for me, which is still, I think, a, a toll, a, an old, tired, archaic thing from the mid-90s when TV ratings were skyrocketing and then the Cowboys the biggest show in the game. I'll talk about the Cooper Rush Cowboys. I like them. In fact, I love them. That's the name of the segment. Now, though, we got to get to what I hate. Let's ride. Come on. New York Giants, let me love you. Let me love you. I, I want to. I'm genuinely into it. Respect the history. Respect the, the Mara family. And they're one of the bedrocks of this league. I live in Giants country. I, I live in the suburbs outside of New York. And it's every single dad, mom, kid with the Giants jersey, the Saquon jersey, Daniel Jones, Eli jersey, Strahan's jerseys, the occasional LT jerseys, who was at the game last night. I don't really understand how LT can still be celebrated. It's unsavory. But I want the Giants. I, I want to I be able to like them and love them. They have not been good since 2016. They have not been good since they went to Lambeau and played a terrible playoff game. And Odell had 12 drops and kicked his foot through drywall. And they lost. And then they've been hiring and firing coaches ever since. And they just won't let me do it. Last night, they should have won that game. They really should have. That was a, that was prom for the New York Giants. They were hosting. They're hosting the Cowboys, a beatable Cowboys team. They asked the, the fans to do all that nonsense about wear white, which they did a lot of. 
and you're in the game and it's tight and it's late and you couldn't do it because the New York Giants are the almost team. The New York Giants almost win the game. They almost make the tackle. They almost catch the ball. That's them. And there's a whole fraternity in the NFL of almost teams. There's almost franchises. The Giants are not that because they got the hardware and they got skins on the wall. But for a half a decade, at least, they're the almost team. And it's terrible because they have no one to throw to. People say, oh, the Giants don't have the horses. They have horses. Their horses either don't run or are injured. The Kenny Galladay situation is nuclear winter. It's ridiculous. Kadarius Tony, they drafted him. Hurt, not doing squat. The guys out there are terrible. Now Sterling Shepard injured again. I don't know. I, I like the Giants. I like the Brian Dable situation. And now they got Sterling Shepard is hurt and he's out, torn ACL, just out. And so it's like, here's the deal with the Giants now. They're basically screwed unless Saquon Barkley has a 2,000-yard season. Daniel Jones is not going to be the quarterback next year. It has all to do with finances. The only way he would have ever been the quarterback next year is if he had some spectacular, almost flirting with an MVP talk type season. He's not going to have that. He can't have that. I, I don't think that... Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes could have an MVP season with what they has around him. I don't know if they could have a winning season. That sucks. It's just all a shame. And last night was the night. That could be the last time we really talk about the Giants in the show for a long time. I hope it's not true. But that was it. Cowboys there. And by their billion-dollar quarterback is injured. You got a guy that you drafted in the first round, and you're losing to some guy named Cooper. It just sucks. It's a bad look. They're the almost team. I wish they were the actual team, but they're not. They you don't the almost team loses that game. I don't care who's injured, who's out. You win that game. Find a way to win ugly and stack wins. It's frustrating for me. Daniel Jones it, it will not be a giant next year. It doesn't make any sense according to their contract structure and everywhere. So that's it. You got about 13 games left of watching him. I hope it's fun. But if they win that one, we could have started a different conversation. It's over. Don't be the almost team, New York Giants. Don't be. That's where we're at. It's 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 a very negative take. It is called what I hate. It's not what 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 perturbs me. It is what I hate. And then what I promise, let's get though to what I love. And I love two guys just yapping at each other. Let's go. All right, juicy game coming up. Thursday night football. The Thursday nights just stay hot. Stay hot Thursday nights. I love it. Here we have the Cincinnati Bengals who get up off the mats, they get a win against the Jets. I don't care who it's against. They're one and two. You can go 0 and two. It's tough. You can go into you can't go 0 and three. Once you're 0 and three, get the hell out of here. That's when you do the TNT inside the NBA, like gone fishing. 0 and three, you're out of here. They win. They're against the Jets. They, they I don't care who they play. They're in. So now Thursday night, you got the Bengals. And then you got the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are just feeling it. And they're the number one story in the league. And they got the new coach and they got the new receiver. And so Tyreek has this incredible win over Buffalo. And gets to the locker room, and then immediately people start telling, oh, yeah, you got Thursday Night Football coming. He says he doesn't even know. And then once he finds out, he's very, very, very feeling it about uh, who they're playing, and specifically one of the corners he's going to go against. Check this out. This is Tyreek after the game. Are we playing on primetime that week? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Amazon Prime. Are we playing on Amazon Prime? Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's going to be lit right there. I didn't even know that for real. But, yeah, we're looking forward to who we play. Looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be fun, you know. And I can't wait to go against Eli Apple, man. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here. <laughs> That's a great sound, bud. Uh, the visual, spectacular. That's a superstar. That is a su If you love him, I don't care. That's a superstar. Looks like one, talks like one. I, I, it's, it, I'm almost calling BS on that he didn't know they were playing Thursday Night Football. Every player I talk to now when the schedule comes out, 
it used to be there like, well, it used to be I'd look for my bye week, and but no, now I look for the Thursday night game, that bleeping Thursday night game. I, I want it, it early in the season. It's always so hard on my body, and it's it, relatable. Imagine if, if you will, let's say that, I don't know, for 51 weeks out of the year at your job, you wake up at 6 a.m. and you get dressed and have breakfast and go. But then for just one week out of the year, you wake up at 1.30 in the morning and go to work. And you're like, where the hell am I? Wow, this is really hard. That's like the Thursday night football game for these players. So either it's BS or very amusing that Tyreek is just in his Tyreek world and has no idea that the Thursday night football game was this week, whereas most guys are like are really on top of the Thursday nighter. But not to bury the lead here, he just immediately says, who are we playing? Which is also funny. He doesn't know who we're playing. And then he's a, you should see the synapses firing in his head. He's like, wait, the Bengals. That's Eli Apple. Eli Apple. Uh if you know him, Bengals defensive back, formerly of the Giants, someone who's very, uh, very reactive. Here's the history here. In that pretty bad Chiefs loss in the AFC title game against the Bengals, at the end of the first half, they were on the goal line and getting real aggressive, and they tried to score and punch it in. Mahomes throws one out to Tyreek and the left flat. Not even the left flat. It's actually behind the line of scrimmage, really. And Eli Apple makes a really clutch tackle. A guy who gets toasted a lot and a lot of people make fun of, makes a tackle on Tyreek. It's over. It doesn't get in. Huge missed opportunity for Kansas City. Fine, just a good play. Then after the game, which the Bengals win, of course, to go to the Super Bowl, Eli Apple just jumps right on Twitter. I feel like they brought him his phone out on the field. He just tweets, he's a baby, and then at Cheetah. That's Tyreek's handle, of course. I can't believe he actually could get that. It's not taken by the, I don't know, Wild Kingdom or something. And then he'll respond, okay, you want to cross swords? Let's go. This is way back in January. No Twitter beef, big dog. Just hit my line. I'm assuming hit my line means call me. I don't know. I think he's asking for a more direct form of communication. And I respect him for going no Twitter beef because Twitter beef is beneath most human beings in the world. It's one of the worst things we have in the modern media. So he says, all right, let's go. And then the second he hears it, um, he knows he's playing Eli Apple. He'll responded this past Sunday with what we heard earlier, Tyreek. And then Eli Apple was asked for a response to his response. And he hit him with the all-time classic first ballot Hall of Famer athlete quote. No comment. There is no stronger comment than no comment, my friends. If I was back at home in the basement, I would do a quick sidebar on this. No comment is a great comment. It says everything. And don't you just love sometimes, as much as there's all these crazy little wrinkles and nuances of the NFL you get excited about, I just want to see a wide receiver and a cornerback who don't like each other. I love it. I want to see them talk before the play, talk after the play, talk during the play. Look, I'm classically trained. Deion Sanders goes back to Atlanta. He and Andre Risen have business. They line up in a huge brawl in which multiple giant punches to the head were landed. Neither player ejected. Different league back then. That was 1994. But at the first play of the game on Thursday night, I'm watching the two of them. The whole pregame show of Thursday night. Carissa Thompson, Andrew Whitworth, Richard Sherman, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's all Eli Apple versus Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek's cruising. Like, he's in the penthouse at 3-0. He has all the money in the world. His quarterback seems to really work well with him. He's like, he's just loving life right now. This whole departure from Kansas City is working out well. Imagine after three weeks, if you said Tyreek and the Dolphins would have a better record than Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's like classic off-season fodder that we were projecting and and just pontificating on. So Tyreek is on fire. And now, like, is there any doubt in your mind that there's going to be like a 900-yard touchdown at Tyreek in this game? <laughs> like, I can tell you right now, there's going to be a pose right here. Eli Apple, he is coming for it. He hates him. He doesn't want to talk about him. He just wants to play. He probably dislikes actual apples. He's just not into it. So 
uh, whether it's the, 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 the number one corner, who knows? No, it's obviously not. I'd love to see Jalen Ramsey. Fine. I don't actually like more animosity in this. You just don't have it anymore. And I like it. Normally, it's all this Twitter BS and all the jersey exchange after it, which is wholesome and nice. No, 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 no. Give me Eli, who everyone seems to just hate. And then give me Tyreek, who can't wait to play him. That is what I find hilarious. And the fact that he did the interview shirtless with looks like uh, Andre Agassi's uh, sunglasses from 1990 and had no idea they have a Thursday nighter or who they're playing. But the second he heard that Bengals thing, oh, wait a sec, Eli's Apple's on that team. We'll see. Eli did get him last time. We'll talk a lot about that game on Thursday. Enough of that, though. We have to talk about uh, one of the preeminent athletes on the planet Earth, not just the United States. They love him here in London, too. He comes to us uh, from Fireball, California, originally by way of Buffalo, New York. It's his every week visit. It's our friend, Josh Allen. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And there he is. He's back. You know him. You love him. He's my second favorite member of the 2022 Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, welcome back to the basement. You said second favorite. Listen, I'm a big Dawson Knox guy. I'm not going to okay. lie. That I, I love Dawson. Can you blame me? No, not at all. I, I'd probably choose him over myself anyways. Dawson's a bad, bad man. I love him. Josh, first of all, what's going on over your left shoulder? Do we add new posters to the to the mosaic back there? What do we got? Yeah, I've got a few more. I still have to hang. I've been a little busy. Um, but, yeah, we we got some Star Wars. we got the Anakin and Darth Vader uh, lightsabers going up. So there's still a few more. And we got some mess down there. But I'm um, just trying to add to the collection and, you know, some of my favorite movies. And, again, Star Wars series minus, minus the last couple have been um, obviously fantastic and maybe one of the greatest movie franchises in, in all of history. So got to pay some homage to that. Oh, you're talking to a huge Star Wars nerd, dude. And I hear you on the last two. I hear you on the posters. The fo- the force is strong with Josh Allen. Let's, let's get into it. Last time we talked, you were headed to Miami. That was a battle. It was yeah. exhausting to watch. I can't even imagine what it was like to play in it. A couple of days later, how are you feeling physically? Physically, I'm fine. I'm uh, I'm still pretty sore. I mean, playing in that heat and that humidity, it, it got to a lot of our guys. I mean, you saw throughout the game. Um, injuries, guys gotten out, started piling up. Um, I'm really proud of how our guys battled and played and, you know, fought through some of their injuries. I mean, we had one guy, um, playing on a 20 ACL and, you know, we're just, we're, uh, again, I can't thank those guys enough for pushing, you know, themselves to the limit. Um, that's just kind of how the, the business goes sometimes, how the game goes sometimes, you know, there's a couple things that didn't go our way that we wish we had back. Uh, but we'll learn from this moment and we'll move on. We got the Baltimore Ravens this next week. You do. And we'll get to the Ravens two days later after the Dolphins. How are you feeling emotionally? Uh, mostly I'm fine. Again, it's, it's, it's one game. It's not going to define our season. Um, you know, again, but at the end of the day, I, I could say that I was honestly proud of how our team battled. 
Um, given the circumstances that everything was going on, you know, we never let go. Um, our defense played an outstanding game. Obviously, offensively, we we wish we had a couple, you know, myself included. I wish I had a, a couple of plays back that could have uh, changed the outcome of the game. But again, that's that's why we play. You know, we'll we'll use this as an advantage and, and learn from it. And um, but that was last week. And again, we're we're completely focused on Baltimore Ravens now, playing against a a really good Ravens squad with Lamar Jackson, who's um, playing. You know some of the best football in the league right now. You know, they're, they're, they're scary on offense. They got some playmakers on defense uh, that we got to pe- be prepared for and uh, start diving into them today and tomorrow and try to put our best foot forward going forward. I hear you. Uh, I, I respect it. And this is where I'm going to use Star Wars as a tool. As you know, Josh, the movies four, five, six came out and then they went back and did one, two, and three. So, I'm going to stick with the Dolphins for a minute. And I, th- I think you think it'll be a good idea. You and I talked last week about Tua and how you're like, you know, he's a rival quarterback and everything, and you don't want to love him. But I have so much respect for him. And I, I think it was really cool that you said that. After the chaos at the end of the game, you guys found each other. What was that moment like? Yeah. Again, he came up to me um, after the game. I, I go to, you know, seek out every quarterback after every game, win or lose, you know, just to pay, pay respect and say what's up and say, you know, good game and to stay healthy. And, um, but he, you know, he, he leaned into me and I leaned into him and, um, we exchanged some words of just, you know, how much, um, admiration and respect that we have for each other. And I really respect him for coming up and saying some of the things that he did. Uh, you can tell by my body language, and my face, I was, I was pretty gassed after that game. You know, I was just kind of like, um, a lot of emotion, but again, a lot of, uh, just, you know, physically just the, the heat and the exhaustion. We had 93 plays yeah. on offense was, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's that's so many so many plays, and um, again, we lost the game. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, you know, we're we're just we're grown men playing football and, and trying to trying to do the best that we can for our prospective teams. Um, and that's how the game plays out sometimes. But again, I got so much respect for him. Yeah, I do too. I think it's really cool that you say that. You mentioned the ninety three plays as best as you can. Walk me through play number ninety three. Yeah. Um, you know, second and long, uh, no timeouts, um, just trying to make something happen and throwing something in the middle to Isaiah McKenzie. Obviously we needed a field goal to win the game there. Um, he's trying to get out of bounds. He did everything in his power. Um, you know, situationally, you know, and I, I take this upon myself, we weren't, we weren't where we were supposed to be in that game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that it happened week three of the season so we can learn from it and Mm -hmm. move on and have a better plan moving forward. But again, every game, every situation is different, and you got to figure out the flow of the game and understand what's going on, um, you know. But this, it'll it'll help us. But yeah, that Isaiah's trying to get out of bounds. We try to get the snap off. Um, unfortunately, just ran out of time. Um, but that's again, that'll that'll help us moving forward. So the game ends. It'll help you moving forward. You get the Dolphins again. You see Tua. You leave the field. At what point after the game, or even when you got home? Did you first see the Ken Dorsey reaction video? Uh, no, we saw it on uh, on the bus ride going to the airport. He he's mm. the one that showed it to me. And really, everybody's go yeah, everybody's going crazy about it. Um, man, I, I can't tell you, our guys freaking love seeing that. And that's not him being mad that we lost. That's not him being angry that we didn't perform the way he was. He was so upset because, and this is from his mouth, like. He loves us and he appreciates us so much for putting everything that we had online, 93 plays and 105, 110. That's what it felt like on the field. 
he was so upset that we felt the way we felt. And as, as a player looking at your offensive coordinator, having that much emotion and, and care for the game, and he prepares so hard that he wants to win. He wants to do everything in his power to win. And guys see that, and they truly believe, like, that's, that's a great sign from an offensive coordinator, someone that cares so much about, one, his players, two, the game plan that he's putting in. He shows so much pride and everything that he does. So um, I know people might be making a big deal out of it, but as players, we freaking love seeing that. And it says a lot that he came up and showed it to you. Take me through that. How, how does that even work? He taps you on the shoulder and says, Josh, check this out. He shows it to you on his phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking on the bus. I'm uh, slightly sore. I'm sitting down. He's like, hey, did you see uh, after the game? And I was like, no, I didn't. He like leaned over and showed me his phone. He's like, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. But um he's he is a fiery competitor man and when you've got some again that's that's one thing in this game right it's something that pushes us the fear of losing we do not want to lose and when you lose it should make you feel a certain way and um but again he wasn't doing it because we lost he did it because we put so much effort into that game and we battled so hard and we didn't get the result that we wanted so um you know we like i said i can't i can't thank him enough and I wish they wouldn't have showed that on TV. I wish that would have kind of been an internal conflict. It happens. Uh, that's the way mm -hmm. it goes sometimes. But you can take it one of one of two ways. And as a, as a team, because we know Coach Dorsey, we freaking love him for that. And he cares so much about this team, about this game. Um, you know, and that's that's in, in everybody in our locker room's eyes. That's a positive thing for us. For you guys, it's not about meme. It's about team. And that's a pretty, yes. it was a pretty powerful moment that you can rally behind. All right. Last question. You said fiery. Um, you're fiery yourself. At one point during the game, Josh, you're getting up from the pile and you are pissed and you get a flag for it. What happened? Uh, I mean, I think uh, anybody with two eyes can uh, understand what was going on under that pile. Obviously, I let the emotions get to the best of me, but there are some things that I didn't uh, appreciate down there uh, that that was going on and um we'll make we'll let everybody make their own judgments for that um you know i i apologize to my team for putting ourselves in a, in a tougher situation um but it is what it is and uh we'll move on i know i'm gonna probably get a fine for that but i hope they kind of look at some other stuff too well, there's a lot of other stuff the player in question said after the game quote with alpha males that's how it goes do alpha males grab each other's groins on the football field uh, not typically. And that's, you know, it is what it is. He's a, he's a competitor and that's just kind of, he, he's been known for that um, going back to college. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I should know that and shouldn't let it get the best of me, but sometimes like it, it just does, you know, sometimes you see red and, and things like that happen, but um, I'm not here to make any claims or throw anybody under the bus. Um, it is what it is. I shouldn't let the, let the emotions get to the best of me. Josh, Bill's at Ravens. You and Lamar, same draft class. What's your relationship with him? I freaking love Lamar. You know, I, I, I have so much admiration and respect for him, obviously. Um, that's my dog right here, too. This is Sky. Oh, what's the um, dog's name? This is Sky. She's a silver lab. She's going crazy right now. She's the best, though. Freaking love her. Oh, that's beautiful. But back to Lamar. That's, that's, okay. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about Lamar. Again, like his, the way that he plays, he plays the game the right way. He loves his teammates. His teammates love him. Um, he's playing, you know, some of the best football in the league right now. And, you know, 
we all know the pre-draft notions of, of what was going on with that. So to see him lighten up the league and, and doing all this stuff, it's, it's inspirational. And I know it's inspirational to um, a lot of the kids in Baltimore and a lot of kids in the country, you know, that have been told that they can't do something. They go out there and, you know, not necessarily prove everybody wrong, but prove themselves right and have that internal belief. And he's always had that, you know, um, going back to college. I remember sitting in my, um, we were playing, I think it might've been Northern Illinois. We in the hotel and they okay. were playing Syracuse. He just absolutely went off. He hurtled the guy and uh, just went nuts that game. It was like my first uh, introduction to Lamar Jackson. I was like, this dude is absolutely nuts on the football field. Like <laughs> there's not, not many ways you can stop this guy. Um, so our defense is, is going to have their hands full and offensively we're going to have to do our best job putting up points. Uh, it's awesome that you're sitting in DeKalb, Illinois, watching Lamar highlights in a hotel room. Yeah. We all were watching the same game, man. You were riveted. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, listen, you and I talked a couple of years ago and it was before you had your long-term deal. And we talked about the idea of being franchise tagged and you were funny. You're like, Ooh, you know, franchise tag as a quarterback. You got your deal. Lamar doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have a long-term deal. He just kind of does him. He does it in his own way. And he goes out there and just makes plays every single week. Never mind you talking about his situation. Would you have ever been able to do that as yourself? Like just no agent, no long-term deal. I'm just going to bet on myself and just make, see what happens. It's really unique. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple ways you can look at that. Like, I think himself, him betting on himself, like, and the way that he's playing is going to it's gonna pay off. Um, and, again, there's that internal belief that he thinks that things are going to work out and he's going to stay the course. And um, the fact that he doesn't have a deal is kind of crazy. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure there's one coming soon. Uh, and if it's not with them, it's going to be with somebody else. Um, he's, he's that special of a player. And. Um, you know, he's, he shows it on the football field week in and week out. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know if I could have done it. So, you know, props mm -hmm. and kudos to him and, you know, hopefully it does get done. Um, you know, we're, we're, I think everybody really in the league and outside the league is pulling for him for that to get done. Because again, I think, uh, he deserves every penny that he's going to get. You know, I can't speak for myself, but I imagine sometimes getting that long-term contract might be like, you know, getting freedom from like a, a prison that you've been in for a long time. Josh, we have to get to the 22 Josh Allen Film Festival. This is the last question of the day. Um, we've been through this now for a few weeks. If you if you haven't watched, how dare you? Josh initially watched the film Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. He gave it a B. He watched National Lampoon's Vacation. He gave it an A-. And this past week, we talked about the Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Josh, did you watch it? I did, and it was fantastic. Like, I, mm. I, I've, I've seen enough Family Guy to get some of the references of <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, right? I, like, I, I knew the gist of it, but the story itself was, it was so crazy. And, like, I, no spoilers here, but, like, when Tommy went outside and talked to the warden and they shot him, mm. like, that twist was that i mean one blew my mind because uh Dufresne put so much work into tommy and sent all this stuff in and he ended up passing his like that itself was so sad and then the wherewithal for him to kind of like again the plot was awesome um you know and then morgan freeman at the end get down there mm. to tio I, I can't even say it what is it zay watineo Dio Wataneo, which is also like I've been watching Last Man on Earth, and they ended up 
in Zia Watanabe, yeah. um, which is also a great show. But yeah, the movie was fantastic. That's a, a solid A for me. Like no, no minus, no plus. That was one of the, the better movies, especially the ending was was awesome. So just to clarify, and this is what's so interesting between you and me, because we have this age difference. Did you know that Andy is going to escape because of like Peter Griffin and Quagmire? Is that how that happened? No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big family guy uh, watcher. You know, they on Hulu, they just got I just watched another episode last night where they did another parody, yeah. basically, of three movies. Um, but that's I've gotten a lot of my current event knowledge from Family Guy. They they it's I think there's been this notion about Family Guy, it's kind of stupid comedy, but I think there's also the right. second layer to it where you have to know what's going on in the world. They're, it's, it's kind of like South Park, like they go into current events and they make fun of everything. And, um, you know, that's I've been watching it for a long time. And I remember watching that episode, you know, with with the Shawshank parody or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it gives you a good gist of the movie and it tells some of the jokes. And now I, I want to go back and watch that episode and kind of get into more depth of it. Oh, that's great. Josh is so perceptive. I love that he goes to the Tommy storyline, which is the smaller one within the movie, but really shows the heart and how cold the warden is. But Josh, we're yeah. going to get you out of here with an assignment. We've gone drama, comedy, drama. So I know you're a big comedy guy. Have you seen 1998's There's Something About Mary? Is that with Ben Stiller? Yes. And Cameron Diaz, have you seen that one? And Brett Favre? Yes, I have. <laughs> Yeah, Brett Favre's great in it. Uh, pulling from the headlines. Yeah. So let me just, I'm going to list a few movies. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Groundhog Day. Have you seen all of those? I've not seen Groundhog's Day. There we go. All right, Groundhog Day, 1980, 1993. Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, iconic movie. Josh, you're going to love it. It's so original. It's so smart. Are you prepared for the fourth installation to watch uh, 1993's Groundhog Day this week as you prepare for the Ravens? I'm in. I'll download it today. Be ready to go. That's our guy, Josh Allen, the best. Uh, we love you, man. We appreciate you coming in every single week. We cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Really good review of Shawshank. Perceptive, analytical. That's why he's the QB1. We'll see you next week, dude. Appreciate you, Cal. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you, Josh. That's our guy. Best in the business, Josh Allen. lot to unpack there. I know you will, and I know we will here in the basement. And meanwhile... He's got the Ravens next. We'll talk to him next week after he faces off with Lamar and Baltimore. And we'll see who he thinks about the film festival, latest installation. That's a tasty one. But in the meantime, it's nothing but tasty ones from this man. Our guy Sam Pepper brings us into a little world we call Brant Awareness. Sam, how you doing? Have you been to London? Have you spent time here? I'm here in the United Kingdom. Have you Have you done it? I've done it once uh, back in college. Back in college, mm -hmm. it was a it was a good time. It was a good time. Did you went, like backpack and hostel and all that kind of crazy stuff? No, my friend's family uh, lives there, so uh, really, really didn't do the nitty gritty of it all. Sounds like a party. I love you. That's yep. what Sam Pepper's here for. <laughs> He's also over there to keep us aware of all the headlines. Uh, Sam, what do you got, please? All right, well, fresh off your interview with an AFC East quarterback, we have some more AFC quarterback headlines for you. Mac Jones, who's going to miss multiple games with a high ankle sprain, was asked about his injury yesterday and had his own version of Belichick's on to Cincinnati. Multiple times in his presser, he said he's taking it day by day. Either way, it'll be Brian Hoyer under center for the foreseeable future. Interesting note, Matthew Slater, when he met the press, 
was referring to Hoyer as Axel. Weird nickname? Mm. No, actually Brian Hoyer's real first name. Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. Kyle, I know that was a lot. What do you make of it all? <laughs> that was not a headline. That was the story. But I don't blame you because that's all good stuff. First of all, you know this, Sam. Sometimes when people in sports media will start their little take by saying, look, I'm not a doctor, but. So let me just say, I'm not a doctor, but. I watched the photographs. I saw the photographs of Mac Jones being taken off the field and down the stairs. What was day by day? I, I don't think he's day to day at all. I, I feel like we're not going to see him in weeks. That, that that was like your like stock Vietnam movie with the guy with the head wrap like being taken to a chopper. He looked in anguish. I mean, it was William Defoe in Platoon, 1986, trying to get to the helicopter. No wait. Not only that, you've seen these pictures where he's ah, like he's, he's really really in pain. And I'm not laughing at his pain. I'm laughing at the idea that day to day. I mean, Mac, that means that like on a given day, you might be ready to go. You're not you're not going to go. I don't think he's going to go in the month of October. But again, I'm not a doctor. But to the most important part of your story, Sam, I just have to ask what everyone else is thinking and what it sounds like Matthew Slater has figured out. You're given the name Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. And you say, you know, I think I'll be known as Brian. No, you won't. Stop. Why would you do that? That's that's not allowed. You go by Axel. Let me ask you this, Patriots fans. Mac Jones looked like he's injured for a long time. You have two choices at quarterback, all right? You can go with Brian Hoyer. Or you can go with Axel Hoyer. Let's go! Let's go to the Super Bowl! And you go with Axel Hoyer. What is the story about this? I bet there's somewhere Brian has talked about it. But you you can't pass Axel Hoyer. That just go by... I mean, look, there's, there's very few Axels, all right? You have obviously Rose, the AXL. You have uh, Axel Foley from the Beverly Hills Cop uh, film franchise. And that, that's that's pretty much it. Am I forgetting any Axels? Axel Hoyer. I don't know. I, I, at what point did he become Brian? Now, remember, Hoyer has a really interesting college background where he was at Michigan State and he was in the same quarterback room as Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles and our guy Kirk Cousins. You can look it up. It's a great picture. All three of them in it and some other guys. And, like, is that point – Did is that when he chose to go to Brian? It was a childhood. Listen, Brian is a fine name, I guess. I'm a guy who was born in 1979. I All growing up, that is a very 40-, 30-something guy name. I have so many friends. The only friends I have who weren't named Brian are named Jeff. And then occasional Brandon. It's a very popular name for late 30s, early 40s white guys. It's fine. A lot of great Brians. But if – if Axel is on the table, why would you ever choose Brian or its weaker version, Ryan? Edward would have even been better than Brian. I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of Axel Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is a nice guy that maybe you want your golf for some if you need a last minute replacement. That's what I'm. If he rebranded, if he rebranded just to spin, like, you know how, um, like, Ocho Cinco actually had Ocho Cinco on the back of his jersey? Or if you really remember, Safety for the 49ers back in the day, Dante Whitner. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to change my name to Hitner because I hit. Now, to me, Hitner was flying a little close to the sun with names. But Axel Hoyer, fine. And then you're Axel Hoyer the Destroyer. And you could, like, go in a mall tour with that name and sell out shows. People just want to see Axel Hoyer. Brian. I mean, 
Sam, am I missing something? Is like, does he think he's a clown if he's Axel? Why wouldn't he go with Axel? Why do you land on Brian? I, I, I've been following <laughs> Brian Hoyer for like 20 years. I didn't know I could have been following Axel Hoyer. This story, it, it, I was not familiar with it. I Listen, we didn't go on a deep dive. This was a failure uh, for the KBB uh, research staff. We did not go on a deep dive. My guess is that maybe his father is Axel and so or his grandfather is axel and everybody just shifts to the next name so maybe his dad's edward he's brian counterpoint something like that his grandfather was likely born in the 1920s were people being named axel in the 1920s the united states of america wherever they from that's not a thing right it's a great question i don't know when the first axel was but it had to be you know even if it was early you know their axel rose you know probably named after someone you know, well, Axel Rose's first name is actually William. I think it's like W. Axel Rose. But I'm not buying. I, I appreciate the theory, but I don't <laughs> buy that his grandfather is named Axel any more than he had his great grandfather and his uncle named Slash and Duff. Like I, I just don't think that that was a thing. <laughs> so I'm glad that Matthew Slater, who was like one of the most beloved players ever, is putting because he remember Matthew Slater. Like he comes from Jackie Slater. Like he's a legacy on himself. So he could have been Jackie Jr. And then he could have been on The Sopranos, which we'll talk about later. Next headline. We're running out of time. Let's go. We, we are. We are. More AFC East news. My, my quarterback, Zach Wilson, could be back Sunday for the Jets in Pittsburgh. Robert Sala is hopeful, but it will be ultimately up to the doctors. Kyle, how should Jets fans like myself feel about this? Yeah, this is like a do you care question. Do you care that Zach Wilson? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I'd like to see that kid. I mean, that's... That's a pretty big deal here in New York. And as we're sitting here watching Daniel Jones, who was also a top pick like Zach Wilson, the Jets had some vibe. I mean, certainly after the Cleveland win, that was a big deal. It all came crashing down. They got destroyed by Cincinnati. But I I don't even feel like it is the Jets. I hate the preseason injury like we all do. But let's say Zach Wilson was out for the year. And they they went just crawling through a 6-11 and season with Joe Flacco. Do you even blame them? It's just we're just at this point where if the quarterback is injured, it's, it's, it destroys everything. Unless you find some hero like Cooper Rush that Joe Flacco is not and the rest of the team isn't as good as the rest of the Cowboys. So I do care because, God, if that guy, if Zach Wilson can play, and I don't need him to be Mahomes, I don't need any of that. But, like, let's just say he is someone who is maybe even approaching, like, a Dak Prescott, which would be great. That 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 cute little cherubic face of his, those blue eyes, his very let's just say unique mother, the off-season story. That is good content, baby. And if it's him and Robert Sala and the Jets are winning, and there will be ten thousand media stories about him. And I've seen his ex-girlfriend, and I've seen his current girlfriend, and I'm too old to say they're hot, so I'll just say they're very blessed. So like I, the Zach Wilson story is a great story if the Jets show up and he starts playing. Unlike anything else, I mean, like, there's there's very few franchises right now. Like, who is more quarterback starved for like a even not even an All Pro, but like a Pro Bowl level level quarterback than the New York Jets? I would say the Bears, um, you know, the Browns, but there's not many others who haven't had like the man in a long time. And so the New York, I would like the New York Jets to have the man. Just see how it goes. It'd be different, Sam. You know, our whole life. Like, we had a couple of flashes with, with Rex Ryan. More than that, they just suck. So I want to see what the kids got. I, I don't – you, me, no one, no one wants to see Joe Flacco on the Jets. Respect him, of course. Good person, good father, Super Bowl MVP, all that. No one wants to see that. No one on the Jets, no one watching the Jets. He did a nice job. He got them a win in three. But just please, no, we, no one wants to see a Joe Flacco on the Jets jersey ever. It's fine. We want to see Zach Wilson. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, finally, Rolling Stone released their top 100 TV shows of all time. Seinfeld is at six, the top five from five to one. Fleabag, The Wire, Breaking Bad, The Simpsons, and Sopranos tops the list. Kyle, your thoughts? First of all, Rolling Stone's such an eye roller. They do these lists. Just like anybody does top five lists or top ten lists in sports media, it just gets clicks, it gets instant reaction, and most of the time, it just pisses people off. And they do people even buy the magazine anymore? They subscribe? I don't know what it is. The hundred greatest thing is always annoying to me. But at least they didn't troll, because if you take Cheers and drop it in the number one spot, and I suppose there could make a case as an influential sitcom, then you're just not only doing the lazy top 100 list, then you're just actually trying to piss people off instead of getting it right. If you put Mary Tyler Moore as the number one and say, you know, it was, TV was a different time. It set the table for these shows. They did. They went with The Sopranos, which I do not have a problem with at all. I enjoy. The Sopranos, if, if you watched it, or you didn't, has a massive, massive YouTube presence. I don't know how the legalities work out, but they they don't rip down the clips from Sopranos. There are infinite mashups of Sopranos killing season one, best Sopranos scenes, season three, Tony's best moments, Silvio's best moments, Paulie's best moments. It's, you could go weeks and just watch Sopranos videos over and over. So I think it helps foster the fan base and the show is aging really well. If you watch it right now, and you'll still laugh at the same Silvio lines or the same uh, Tony lines that he has, the meadow and the kitchen, they're excellent. I will say this, the the, the Simpsons, I'm not even going to touch because I'm not a huge Simpsons guy, and it's too big of a conversation. Breaking Bad, uh, I'm a massive fan like you are. I rewatched it this year about maybe, maybe last spring, back in the spring. I just, over the course of like maybe a month, I watched the entire the entire run. My take on Breaking Bad is it ended as the best show ever. Like in the last two seasons, I've never seen something better on TV. I got to tell you, the first few seasons, while really good and the characters are great and all the story, I, I, there's a lot, a lot of Skyler. A lot. There's a lot at the breakfast table. There's a lot of Walter Jr. I found myself doing the, the 15 second fast forward thing as I'm watching on my phone. There's a lot of it. So we think, oh my gosh, it's it was all Gus Fring and they, they they take out the cartel and the stuff buried in the desert and that stuff's amazing. First few seasons, not bad, not average, not even good. Still great, but best ever, I'm not quite there. I think it's the best ever closing to a show. So I'm going to go with The Sopranos. Sam Pepper, tell me I'm wrong or call out your champion. Who do you got? I mean, I would go with, I was shocked that Seinfeld's at six. Um, the low flea bag. Um, and I would go with either the wire or Seinfeld. That would be my, 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 uh, right. thoughts, but better call Saul at 32, I thought was incredibly disrespectful. And I know it's recency bias. I was shocked by that. First few seasons of better call Saul are tough. It's that, that, that his brother's storyline with the tinfoil, it drove me crazy. I did not enjoy that character. We, we got to serve the people there, Hosan. We, you, we could sit here and be Seinfeld guy and Simpsons guy and all that. What is, cause you don't know, I don't know what Fleabag is. I don't think people watching listening. What the hell is Fleabag? That is a show and it's supposed to be one of the best ever. I don't know what that is. You should ask the peop, the great people of London. It's a, a very well-respected show. Um, but you know, I, obviously not enough people uh, or in the basement. All right. Alex, the that. producer, is here. He's a British gentleman He's sitting in my hotel room. Hey, now. Uh, Alex, do you know the, the TV program Fleabag? 
All right, this is credible. Alex's girlfriend watched it. She said it's really good. Do you think it's one of the greatest television shows ever created, ever? He scrunched up his face and said, probably not. So, come on now. If he says probably not, then I don't know what Rolling Stone is. Fleabag, it's a disgusting name. And maybe I'll watch it. I don't know, Sam, we got to get out of here. I, I got all kinds of things going on. I don't have time to have Fleabag takes. Respect you. Uh, good to see you. We will see you tomorrow. I can't get into Simpsons and Seinfeld, guy. It is just a rabbit hole I'm not willing to go down. But I will get into this. Before we say goodbye, thank you, Sam. Uh, I don't have my dartboard here. I usually chuck one, and then we do a random question of the day. Producers give me a random London-based question of the day. Today's question, Kyle, I see it right here. Are the Beatles overrated? Hmm. I'm going to say no. They inspired almost everything. And I, I'm not even going to I'm not going to go Kurt Loader on you and give you this documentary on the Beatles. I like their music and I like the variety of their music. I, I listen to all the cheeky fun stuff like I want to hold your hand. I like that. I like the rock stuff like uh, back in the USSR. I, I like when like I, I'm very amused by when, when they hit drugs, so to speak. And it goes from like... She loves you, yeah, 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 to like strawberry fields forever. What the hell they're talking about? Like they're just on the heaviest acid or whatever they were doing. I like that. So uh, I don't think they're overrated. I mean, they're basically next to Jesus in the in the in the world figures of people that we look at. And but I don't. And, and I gotta say, the I Am Sam soundtrack, really, really good. I like that movie where the Beatles never happened. I like that Lily James fetching as hell. Um, when Paul McCartney finally passes, the world is going to be in so much mourning. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be he and Bruce Springsteen. I hope it happens on the same day. Years from now, of course, because they're two great musicians. But people are not going to know what to do with themselves. And by people, I mean my parents. That's it. I don't think they're overrated. I can't wait to see what tomorrow's British question is. Josh Allen, thank you. Uh, love you. Respect you. I'd say the same thing to everybody watching right now on YouTube or listening. Please tell your friends. Click the subscribe. Click the follow. I roll my eyes out of my head when I say this because it sounds tacky, but it's what makes the business work here. It's Kyle Brandt's basement via Kyle Brandt's hotel room in London, England. We'll be back tomorrow, my friends. Thank you. Love you. See ya.